Have you ever been reading a celebrity pastor's blog posts or listening to a famous Bible teacher and something jumps out to you and you're just like, how am I the only person seeing this thing? Why isn't anyone talking about it? Well, you're not alone. Welcome to Underdog Theology. This podcast is about looking at what's happening in evangelicalism. I'm talking tweets. I'm talking books, blogs, videos, all of it, and judging it according to scripture. Whether that's reacting to celebrity pastors, teasing about the latest ridiculous battle in the culture war, or just having a little bit of fun together, this show is for all the folks who feel like they're on the outside looking in, who feel like they don't have a voice, who feel like they're an underdog. Welcome to Underdog Theology. Welcome to the show. How's everybody doing today? I know we've got a couple people showing up. I need to change some things. Guys, every time I'm like, this is going to be the one. We're not going to have any issues. And then there's always some stuff I need to remove. It's just one of those things, I guess. I hope your weekend went well. I hope that you had a great, great time. But prepare yourself. Prepare yourself because we have entered into the twilight zone. The twilight zone. Oh my goodness. Everything has turned upside down. Everything you knew about evangelicalism is about to change. Or at least that's kind of how I felt this weekend. And uh, the last couple weeks I've seen some of these things kind of happen. And then I watched an interview that we'll be taking a look at in a little bit. And it looks like Owen Strand is the hero we needed the whole time. I know I'm as shocked as you are. Okay. Like it's, I, I think it's weird to say it too, but here we are on a Monday talking about Owen strand, taking it to the patriarchalists, patriarchists. I don't know those guys. It's, it's weird. It's really weird. We're going to dive into it. Uh, I want to know your opinions today. Cause this, This is going to be a little bit of a weird one, but let me say hi to everybody who's hopping into the chat uh, and also hi to the podcast listeners. Hello out there. Uh, Cody Whitaker is here and says, not for nothing, brother, but you could totally dress up as C.H. Spurgeon for Halloween. I mean, Reformation Day. Hello. Well, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) And also, I'll just say uh, anyone who's chubby and has a beard gets that. So, uh, Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for saying that, Cody. Wendy's here. Hey, underdogs. Hope everything is well. It is hot in Fort Worth. I hope it's not actually on fire, but it is hot. Heidi is saying hop into the chat, as she always does. Uh, And Cody wants to know, but is he the hero we deserve? He's the hero we needed, but not the hero we deserve. All right. Uh, Enough Batman stuff. Is that is that the opposite way? I never remember that line well enough uh i'm gonna be showing uh my oldest the dark knight like i think tonight we watch batman begins <laughs> it'll be fun Ari miller is here and well this should be very informative for the both of us then uh because he was saying he has no idea who owen strand is and if you don't uh i'll give i'll give you a little bit of info on owen strand uh i'm gonna apologize for my voice right off the bat guys um I don't think it was talking outside on my porch for three and a half hours that did it. Um, cause I talk all the time, but, uh, I think it was outside with the smoke cause there was a lot of smoke 
and uh, my voice is like shot, but we're going to get through it. We're going to try. I got my water. You know, worst thing comes to worst. We'll let like slightly reform take over in the chat. Slightly. I see you in there. Uh, we're, we're moving past that joke, but you know, you're loved. All right. David's here says, Hey family, love y'all. Everyone have a good weekend. I mean, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Went and sh- uh, saw the new mission impossible movie. That was pretty fun. Did the stream. If you guys caught that on Friday, that was a, that was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, let's see. Heidi also says, I'm trying to follow Dean's advice. I'm being nice and try not to be weird. Thinking about asking Aaron out later. Ooh, oh, snap. Some romance. Look at us underdogs. You know, we're just putting people together who have been married for years. It seems to have worked for Pam and Dylan, so might give that a try. Tax collector is here and says, sup, y'all. Uh, we can- sup, fam. Uh, and you know, that goes out to you too. I'll say it. Krusty Mac. We're moving on. All right, Danny. Hey, Hey, good day. Everyone. Uh, LaDon K is here and says, while I appreciated his letter, the podcast he did with Costi just a few days before that basically affirmed Dale's positions on women. He just said it in a nicer way. Not a fan. We're going to be taking a look at that conversation today. I have some thoughts too, and I want to know your thoughts. Uh, I don't know. Like, is, is it just the thing now? Or are we just always going to talk about patriarchy? Is that, it seems like that's like the, the topic, not only that is like being pressed on evangelicalism right now, but also the one that everyone, like, there's always something that people just like want to talk about. They want to discuss it. And I kind of feel that from you guys, you guys want to discuss this a little bit more. And so we, we found that interview and won't be taking a look. Uh, Carolyn is here and says, it's a weird parallel universe where I find myself agreeing with Owen Strand and Scott Annual. Whoo boy. It's a, it's a little weird. It's, it's big a, yikes. It's a big yikes world today. Uh, Steven says it is cool in Scotland. So Heidi, uh, or not Heidi, uh, Wendy, if you want to go and uh, travel to Scotland, you know, just take that little jog over there from Fort Worth, Texas, you know, you can, you can enjoy some cool weather. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, missed this one. LOL, sure, that's water. I'm just saying, yeah, I wouldn't be doing that. It's it's 1 p.m. on a Monday, I would never. It's gonna be a fun stream, <laughs> Pamela. I'm helping my daughter unpack a bunch of camping stuff, so I might be in and out of the chat, but hi, everyone. They're, they're going camping. They're going camping, or at least they went camping. They are unpacking. So are you camping right now? Or are you going? Are you getting back from camping? It's the, it's a Monday, so you're probably getting back. Seth says, we're sending more smoke your way. It's bad in Medicine Hat, Alberta. Oh, yeah. The, the smoke, it just keeps on coming. Duncan's here and says, do we have any examples of post-millennials who are regular complementarians? I like the post-mill end times position but find that they often hold some other whack beliefs like Joel W and the books. Uh, I think historically you could find post-millennialists who would definitely not be for patriarchy. But right now, like one thing, post-millennialism has always been a much smaller sect than others, except for when you had like governments in charge of religion. 
then then post-millennialism like really <laughs> was at the forefront. But as far as like just the theology of it, it's always been a smaller position, a minority position. And it still is. But the people today are just really loud. And with their loudness, they're talking about all their stuff. And so patriarchy seems to be kind of a given these days. If someone's like a real proponent of post-millennialism, not like they've written a book on it and they hold to it. I'm talking about they do a podcast on it. They they go and they tweet all day about it. They go to conferences about it. You know, like that kind of stuff. Uh, it seems that those things just kind of go hand in hand. I can't think of a single one who is like a, a leader. I, I kind of don't even want to say it that way. Cause I don't want to say that some of these guys are leaders, um, uh, like theologically, but any, anyone who's pushing this, I, I don't know of anyone who would, uh, who would not be. Uh, but this guy does Michael Jones of inspiring philosophy is a post mill who is not patriarchist. I can't, I don't know who that is. So, you know, you just, you do your research, I guess. Uh, Nathan, uh, not sure anyone cares, but it's pretty warm in New York. But hello, all. I love that this has become like the the, the entryway into church, you know, the foyer. Foyer? Entryway? What else do you call it? I don't know. The place where you get into the big room. You know, you're going through and everyone's getting their coffee and it's all awkward. And all of a sudden you're in a conversation with someone you've talked to maybe two times before. And it's a small church, but somehow you just found yourself trapped in this conversation with this guy again. And all he wants to talk about is the weather. That's what that's what the chat has turned into. <laughs> uh, R.A. Miller says, let's be real. Lentini has a martini, not water. I can neither confirm nor deny such things. Uh, Stephen says, heading for vacation with my two sons to New York and D.C. Trying to figure out how we will cope with the heat. I don't even know. I don't know, guys. I've told this story before. I moved to North Carolina um, and uh, from Minnesota. Got out of the car, immediately realized I made a huge mistake. As soon as I felt the humidity, I was like, this is, nope, not going to stay here very long. And we didn't. <laughs> so, I don't do well with that kind of heat and humidity and all the gross stuff. No, thanks. No, thanks. No, thanks. Caleb is here and says, I think Joel McDermott and John Reisner would be post mills who aren't patriarchalists. I didn't know that John Reisner was. In fact, I think both of them have been pretty critical of patriarchy. I know John Reisner has. Um, uh, this guy says, personally, I'm a post mill, but do reject patriarchy for the most part and reject the enemy. It is possible, I guess. Stuart Chase says, the wacky post mills are the loud voices. There are a few of us who are post-mill who are not patriarchists. You need to start getting louder, Stuart. You know, start saying, we're not, we're not like them. We're not. Because a lot of people, even myself included, sometimes it just seems like that's the case. Uh, Cody says, I'm post-mill. I knew it. I knew it. How dare you, sir? I'm post-mill. You broke my heart. And think I'm pretty chill, but also not much of a leader or influencer, so. That's not true. He has a great podcast. So you guys should go check out his podcast. <gasps> See what happens when you don't come into the stream being like, I did a stream about this. I did a show about this. Come and check out my video. You might get a shout out without asking for a shout out. It's amazing when you add value. <gasps> I'm so sassy today. I was up till 3 a.m. editing stuff. Something that we're going to watch together. And I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. You're going to freaking enjoy it. Okay. All right. I was up till 3 a.m. 
Three. Editing. You're going to like it. All right. That was that was too intense. That was too intense. Dean, calm down. All right. Thank you, inner self. Skay says, isn't it called the narthex? I think that's what's on an ant. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Did I make that up? Probably not. Uh, R.A. Miller says, I think the sun has gotten hotter lately. All right, let's dive into that. Forget Owen Strand. We're just going to be talking about what the heck is up with the sun, huh? <laughs> no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. All right. We've said hi to a lot of people. Uh, we'll say hi to one more because I just like him so much. Caleb Neal says, is that Batman as part of the Gold Lantern Corps in the background? No, it is not. It is the Batman. The the Batman? The Batman. I'm telling you, that Twilight kid, he knows, he knows, he knows Bruce Wayne. He knows Batman. That movie is so freaking great. So it's, it's the Batman. Uh I'm not I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> you know what? Let's let's just get off book right off the bat. Usually, you know, people tell me. To do YouTube well, you got to get the hook. You got to hook them in and be like, hey, you know, here's this outrageous thing. And uh, then people stick around for 30 seconds and then your video will go all over the place. Well, I tried that and it doesn't work. So why not do the complete opposite? Hey, you. (laughs) Yeah, you. Are you kind of obsessed with celebrity pastors? Do you wish they had their weird little jokes all put together for you? Well, go to BigEvaComedyTour.com. For the low price of any donation you want to make, you can see your favorite celebrity pastor do stand-up, if that's what you want to call it, like Paul Washer. I don't know why you're laughing. That joke was about you. And so many more. What's the deal with airplane peanuts? Um, well, let's be honest. You're all here for John MacArthur. So here he is, John MacArthur. Can we, uh, can we adjust the the camera? No. Okay. I listened to over 300 hours of comedians and came up with 5,000 jokes for this two minute segment. And I was told if I went over... So do we have any Calvinists here tonight? Okay, lots of Calvinists. Calvinists all over the place. You know, you guys still follow me. That's cool. Lots of Calvinists. Uh, are your dads here? Not a single one. <laughs> Told you. Okay. I see we have a lot of Republicans here tonight. You want to know the funniest part of that joke? I meant it. I meant it meant it i meant it meant it it meant i meant it you know i'm pretty new to comedy but i was told no i was promised if i smiled long enough you guys would laugh is it working and yes we have your favorite ken ham and i wanted to make a big one and say no this is an arc you guys watch Crocodile Dundee? <laughs> is this is this thing? It's on? Okay. Okay. So what do you think, champ? Was it worth it? 
boy, is it. <laughs> I don't regret anything. <laughs> no, not a thing. <sighs> There you go. There you go. You're welcome. You're welcome, Internet. And for the six people who left while that was playing, I saw you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the fundraiser is still on. If you want to help out the channel, I'm just realizing the link is not in the description. Once again, it's, you know, it's hard getting all these things together. Um, but uh, if you go to last week, there there's a link to my PayPal. If you want to support the channel, we're trying to raise up some funds. We've had some people give, but we ain't even close <laughs> to, uh, uh, we're trying to improve the the camera quality a little bit. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what's going on. That's what's going on. If you want to, if you want to donate, donate, if you don't want to, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, it's, I'm not your boss. Okay. I'm not your boss. I don't know what you want from me. Okay. <sighs> Let's get into it. Owen Strand, uh, is a figure that for a long time was Dale Partridge. Let me, let me start there. <laughs> uh, in that he was online being very vocal. And uh, I don't know if those tweets are still around, but for years, Owen Strand was building an audience through being as provocative as possible with his positions online. And so a lot of us who would fit into the categories that we usually fit into here on the show and people who like the show generally were, we're kind of like against that kind of stuff. And, uh, when people are like over serious about like gray matters that we see in scripture and they're saying like, this is the rule. We look at that and we go, well, you're being legalistic. And I think it would be fair and charitable to say that. There's a lot of us who, who thought of that for Owen Strand. And then he went out and he totally, re no, he didn't, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. But it's been interesting over the last, uh, probably two to three weeks to see Owen Strand just kind of go at some of these guys. Uh, because like I said, he used to do the stuff, you know, of, doing tweets about how he's mad at a dog park, you know, like that's, and it's child, like that's, that's animal worship that we have in our culture today. That kind of stuff is kind of what Owen Strand built his audience off of. Yes. He had, he was a teacher at Midwestern. Uh, he is trained. He's a smart guy, bad rapper, but a smart guy. And he, but he was building up his audience online through those kinds of things. And then he stopped. I don't know exactly why he stopped, but he, he just all of a sudden at least fell off of my radar and, you know, not that I was like looking for his stuff, but, uh, but he kind of fell off my radar because he wasn't tweeting out those kinds of things anymore. And then the last couple of weeks, we've had articles that he's written where he's, he's going at Dale Partridge, uh, for, for the academic stuff. Now there's a history there. Um, one that I've been told a few things, but I'm going to keep to myself, uh, because you know, it's other people's stories. Again, for those who talk about me being a gossip, like I only talk about public things. Okay. Um, but there, there was, there was some stuff. Uh, Dale Partridge was at Owen Strand seminary and then he isn't. And there's apparently there's a whole thing that happened there that we'll probably never know the full details and the full truth of, but they have a history. And Owen Strand knows Dale Partridge pretty well. 
and he stepped into the void. And, you know, I guess some people were asking him because of what he uh, believes, um, you know, as far as his complementarian views uh, on this idea of women teaching women theology that Dale was promoting and a lot of people being upset about that. And then with the academic stuff and the questions that Crisis Cure was bringing up and that I brought up a while ago, um, people were asking Owen Strand because he was the president of his seminary for a little while. And so Owen Strand decided to uh, do uh, an article on, on Dale Partridge and it's, it's a really good article. Like I I'm again, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Owen Strand. Okay. Uh, and before all of this, I probably would have put him in a very similar camp, uh, as Dale Partridge and, uh, Joel Webbin and those guys, you know, this kind of not quite Moscow because they're not there, but they sound very dang similar. Like I probably would have put Owen Strand closer into that camp than I would have, um, maybe even G3. Um, but he decided to write this article. And if you want to go and uh, check that out, uh, you can go to the community tab here on the, um, on the channel. And, uh, I did a post about it maybe two weeks ago when he wrote it. And there's a link there to go and read that article that he did. Good article, basically saying, Hey, you know, pastors are called to be honest and truthful and there are qualifications. And if you're not going to be honest and truthful, you know, you're not qualified. And if you're going to be someone who's going to be shady about something so abundantly clear as your academics, then there's probably other stuff that's going on. And so he, he wrote that article. I thought it was great. I was really surprised that he said anything. And then this last week, you know, Joel Webbin has been making the rounds on online for the videos that he did. Uh, and uh, I, I actually found out, apparently he posted that. You know, he, he wanted to talk about his, like these enemies he has in this turf war. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, cause Owen Strand actually had some interesting things to say about that turf war and the future of evangelicalism. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, but, uh, with the, like the whole turf war thing, I was thinking that, you know, he would say something a little bit different, but he ended up uh, Joel Webin, uh, basically ended up, you know, saying like, you know, these guys are out to get me. These, these guys are out to get me and it's a turf war and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, and then, um, uh, Owen Strand came out of nowhere again, you know, with, uh, not just this, this interview that we'll be watching, but some tweets, you can go up and look up his Twitter. Uh, he started tweeting out, uh, very pointedly without being like, Joel Webbin, I'm talking to you. You know, it was um, a little bit more discreet than that, but I think very clear from the content that he was going at what Joel Webbin said in this this sermon clip that Joel Webbin actually posted online himself and then took it down and then people found it and put it back up. So apparently that's what happened. Um, so, uh, but Owen Strand went at that and was saying, hey, like this is, you know, women are smart. <laughs> women are capable. Women are able to understand theology at a deep level and to teach. And of course, he would put it in, uh, you know, certain ways and, and there's certain limitations and there's a lot more limitations than someone like me would say. But he, he was, you know, 
essentially saying, I'm not for patriarchy. And he's done it with Dale Partridge and he's done it with Joel Webin. And it's just so interesting to me that someone that I would have thought would have been in this category that would have been really, really similar. Look at these guys and say, that's not me. And I, I want to give him credit. You know, sometimes on here, you know, we get, a, I get accused, not we, I get accused of, you know, always bashing people and never giving people credit when they do something good. I'm giving, uh, I'm giving Owen Strand some credit here and saying, I thought that was a really awesome thing that he did in writing that article and tweeting those tweets. And I think it was very helpful for those of us who don't know him and are just looking on the outside for people like Owen Strand of Costi Hen of people who are not, you know, the inner core of G3, like Josh Bice. And, um, I don't remember the other guys names there, but you know, like the G3 guys who do the podcast together and stuff like that and all, like they all work for G3, you know, it's, it's helpful for us to see where those lines are because for a long time, Owen Strand was very connected to, uh, like Vody Bauckham. And we've seen what Vody has done. You guys, you guys saw that, right? Like he went and he spoke at Moscow. Uh, he spoke at their missions conference, by the way, I thought about doing a video, decided not to, cause I just don't, I don't know. Like, I only want to give those people airtime when it's actually like something that I feel like is important, not just something that we could have fun talking about. Um, but at the conference, he, uh, you know, decided to talk about being a warrior, like a, uh, like a culture warrior, which is so interesting to me because, you know, they don't like the social justice warriors, but they want to be the culture warriors. And that was like this idea of missions is to be a culture warrior. And, uh, I watched the whole sermon where there was very little Bible and, uh, surprising for Vody Bauckham, but, uh, you know, he went there and he did that and he was on the, the man rampant show and, you know, he's, he's had some questionable stuff, uh, some questionable stuff go on. And, uh, I thought that Owen Strand and him were tight. <laughs> Apparently there's a lot of differences between people like Owen Strand and people like Joel Webin, like Dale Partridge and, uh, people like Costi Hens. So, uh, Owen Strand was on Costi Hens show and I want to take a little look at uh, a couple of the little segments that they did. So let's let's head over there. And uh, first thing I want to say is, uh, you know, this is looking pretty good. Whoever's in charge of the design over there at for the gospel, I'm just I'm just giving you a little bit of a shout out. This this looks pretty good. Now there are going to be some mic issues. <sighs> I believe that's on Owen Strand's fault. Like. Uh, you can, you can see the quality difference between <laughs> the two cameras there. Uh, we know whose fault that was. All right, let's, but just so you know, there's some audio differences here. Uh, but let's take a look at what they had to talk about. There are now three very loud positions being fought for in the public square, and I'm going to put that in air quotes, the public square online. Um, they are right now, as I've seen them, heard them, and even deal with them in our local church and at For the Gospel and with listeners, we've got egalitarianism. That's sort of an old foe, if you will, of complementarianism, which is the second position. And those are the classic debated views, of course, egalitarian egalitarianism being that, you know, women are in a sense 
able to, they could be the head of the home, they could be the provider, you could have, you know, daddy, stay at home dad, daddy daycare, all of that. And you yep. could have women pastors. And I always think it's easy for people if that's a new term for them, egalitarianism, just think egal equal, just visually and, and even audio. Uh, that's not true, by the way. Uh, <laughs> this this whole thing, like he's, uh, I don't, you know, Costi is working on a doctorate. So he's he's educated. I think he knows a little bit better than that. But that is not like an egalitarian thing of saying, oh, the, the woman can work and the, the husband can stay at home. That's not, that doesn't make someone egalitarian. But, um, you know, moving on. Torally. But complementarianism would be the complementary ways that the different unique roles of manhood and womanhood are designed by God to complement one another. We're spiritual equals, but we're designed distinctly by God's perfect plan. And there is a third position that's got a lot of noise and traction now. And some people are are wondering, is what is this? You, some people don't even know the name of it. So patriarchy is going to be a third category. And to, to clarify this, and I, you can help me with this as well, wouldn't, to the patriarchal view in its most extreme form, you would technically be a soft complementarian, a soft complementarian, as some would have it. And you've written books on this. Uh, you've studied deep and wide on it. You have a number of... Anyone who would call Owen Strand a soft complementarian is out for lunch, okay? That... that no, <laughs> like again, I don't know if his tweets are still out there. You, if you want to go and find them, I'm talking about like two to three years ago, he was just putting out all kinds of junk. Uh, and, uh, nope, 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 nope. That is not soft complementarianism. Not at all. Anyone who would say that is crazy. Like I'm talking about like psycho works on this issue. Can you explain each one briefly? even further than what I've offered, then unpack the primary differences even between and specifically between patriarchy as it's being propagated now and complementarianism. Yeah, you, you laid them out basically uh, in a way that I can affirm. Um, egalitarianism is the view that basically the roles are interchangeable. So the husband is not head of the wife. There's mutual headship in the church. Men alone are not the elders and shepherds and pastors of the church. Women are as well. And so the sexes uh, are equal in terms of the image of God, and there's no distinction of roles. Complementarity argues that the sexes absolutely are ontologically equal in terms of being image bearers made by God, invested with tremendous dignity, worth, and purpose. And yet when it comes to who leads the home, who leads the church, and who steps up in society, um, it's men who, who, who are called by God to do that, not to keep women down or something like this, not because women are lesser than men in any way, uh, women, in fact, are, are a helper to men, indicating that in the biblical worldview, they bring real strengths to the table that men do not have. Um, but nonetheless, men are called to those leadership roles. Patriarchy is similar to complementarity. It's not tremendously different, uh, frankly, although I would say it is, um, yeah, it's a more maximalist understanding of uh, what I was just talking about with those roles, including some views like, at least for some patriarchalists, um, men are the head of the home and that manifests in a society like ours in that they vote and, and women don't vote. Uh, in some patriarchal circles, men, uh, women don't teach in any form, really, um, in, in any kind of women's ministry, for lack of a better term, or something like that. Men alone do that. Um, there, there is some head covering views and that sort of thing that proliferate among patriarchalists. Um, 
we could lay out some other uh, disagreements as well. But those are the those are the core. And yeah, we're seeing a a surge of uh, patriarchy in our day. I want to be very clear and careful, so though, even even me. before I register disagreement with some elements of patriarchy, some things I disagree, some things I agree with. There's a lot of men and women who have been raised today, let's say America, without any conception of what it means to be a man or a woman. Okay, mm-hmm. and yep. then they become Christian. Uh, born again of the gospel of Jesus Christ, trusting in the blood and resurrection of Christ for their salvation, and um, repenting of all their sin. And and there's teachers out there in um, those, especially those last two camps, uh, who help them, uh, who provide guidance, uh, who clarify distinctions between the sexes and matters like that. And they, these men and women who are saved, let's say some of them out of non-Christian backgrounds or broken homes or or maybe intact homes, but where there wasn't discipleship about manhood or womanhood, and, and there's a framework given uh, in certain settings and churches and, and by different teachers. And I don't want to burn down anyone either to the left or right of me in terms of gospel conviction. Um, I want to be careful. So even with our previous um, uh, conversation topic, head coverings, I'm not burning down uh, women who would be more in the patriarchal camp and want to be faithful to God. Uh, but I would say, uh, and, and we can tease this out as you see fit, that there are some issues uh, over which I would split uh, with patriarchalists and that we need to be careful about, even as there are definitely issues that I would uh, differ with uh, soft complementarians on. I, I find myself in kind of what is called a strong complementarian position, for lack of a better term. None of these terms is perfect, Costi. All of them have weaknesses, but that's Most where I find myself. Yeah. Okay, so I thought that was interesting because what you see here are two guys who I think it's pretty clear they feel like they're getting lumped in with the patriarchy guys. But the patriarchy people are no, I'll say it. they're nuts. Like they're they're pretty wacko, uh the patriarchy dudes. Uh they're they're all out there. And so they see anything that has any kind of form of compromise, like what they would view as complementarians as being compromising on this position because they're not being as strong as they think. And they're going at them and they're saying like, wait, 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 guys, guys, don't, don't shoot us. We're pretty close. We're pretty close, but we're a little bit different too. So it's interesting to see these guys being looked at as the middlemen now. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean for evangelicalism where Owen Strand and Costi Hen are looked at as the middle? I think it means that we've shifted pretty far right. Like the, the thing that I've been talking about the most on my channel, this new fundamentalism, uh, I think it's pretty clear it's having effects. If we're talking about Owen Strand having to say, no, I'm not liberal because he's saying the same things he's been saying for years. Like, I think that kind of shows that the right has gotten even more right. We've seen it politically. I think we've seen it theologically and we see it even on a practical level within Christianity. So I think it's pretty clear that that's that's part of what's going on here. But I do find it interesting that Owen Strand is essentially saying that there there is a difference between their position and the patriarchy movement. 
and that he sees a lot of problems with that, especially when it comes to like the worth of people. And he's going to dive into it a little bit more in the next little clip that we'll watch here too. But it is interesting to see him put that line of differentiation between their position and that position. But also I want you like, you know, we're, we're kind of joking about this whole thing of Owen Strand being the hero. It's just interesting that he's going against these guys. But also what I hear in this is, you know, we're, we're pretty close. So maybe don't be so mad at me. You know, maybe, 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 you know, we could get along and I don't want to, I don't want to burn that guy. And I think by that, he's talking about like going like scorched earth. Like we talked about Mark Dever going on the Presbyterians last week, like that kind of like, you guys are just so incredibly wrong. He's unwilling to do that about the patriarchy guys. Now, if there was a position that today, I think that we can do that with, I think it would be this issue with patriarchy. You know, if we're talking about outside of the gospel, you know, like obviously people who don't believe the gospel and are like twisting it like Doug Wilson, uh, who a lot of these patriarchy guys look to as a leader and a mentor. Uh, I think, you know, we can, we can, we can go scorched earth on, on Moscow and their views on justification by faith alone, in which they don't have a view, uh, uh, an orthodox view of justification by faith alone because of their federal vision crap. Um, like, I think we can go scorched earth on that and say, you guys are twisting the gospel. Um, but to other Christians, uh, you know, they want to talk about like these in-hand issues, even Mike Winger. Oh, you guys love Mike Winger. Like the, the analytics tell me, you know, I don't know if it's just because he has one of the most popular YouTube channels here as a Christian, but a lot of you guys watch Mike Winger. He tweeted, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, people like these Christians, you know, they're talking about in-hand or no in-house and out-house. And he made a joke about it being outhouse uh, debates with this idea of patriarchy and that Christians are getting their hands dirty and it's all stinky and it's gross and that they need to stop, essentially. I think that this issue is more important than that. And to be honest, like that kind of ideology, I think, is a little too flippant on such a serious issue of how, you know, half of the population, even more than half, how they actually live their daily lives. Like that's that's an important issue. So while it might not be as crucial as the gospel, obviously, I think it has effects toward that eventually, as far as your Imago Dei and how men can reason better. And we talked about that on Friday in the stream with Dale Partridge's stuff, but Joel Webin kind of saying similar stuff of men just have better discernment and they're smarter, more spiritually minded and like all that kind of stuff. I think that starts getting into like what, how men are smarter to pick God than, you know, women are like, I think that's a natural trajectory of where that conversation goes. But besides that, I think it's super important uh, that we understand what kind of burdens we are putting on women, half of the population, half of the church to, uh, in saying like that, this is necessary when it might not be. So like for anyone who wants to minimalize this conversation and say like, Oh, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't really go at those guys. They're brothers and sisters in Christ. And, 
you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, you know, get into these arguments and don't do that online because, you know, you know, the world is watching. Yeah. The world's watching the crazy people who are saying all kinds of ridiculous things about women. Like they're definitely watching that and they're waiting for people like you and me to just stand up and say like, Hey, that's nuts. Like that's, that's pretty crazy. That's not what Christians have believed throughout 2000 years of church history. Like, and it's not, we've seen time and time again throughout church history where, uh, you know, we're elevating women, you know, we're, we're elevating their position. Jesus did it right. He, he sends them out to go and tell the apostles. He lets them be the first witnesses of his risen self. Like he, he says, Hey, go, he picks women disciples. He spent most of his time with a family where it was two women and a dude, you know, like he, he cares about women and he elevates their positions in the church historically has done that. Even, you know, obviously there have been failures. Like I know you guys can, you know, start typing and being like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Of course there've been all kinds of failures, but overall, over 2,000 years, the church has a pretty good track record of treating women and elevating women far beyond where culture says they are. But now, now these guys want to take it and be like, actually, let's bring it back down a little bit. You know, let's, let's bring it back down a little bit. And they're not using scripture. Uh, and I, I view that as very interesting. We talked about that on Friday, you know, with Dale Partridge, no scripture. Joel Webbin, no scripture. This is all, uh, even, uh, I, I listened to another interview. Uh, I did, um, like I thought about maybe bringing it in, but I'm, I'm not going to do it cause it'd be too long. Uh, but the Bethlehem, uh, conference that's John Piper's conference. They had Kevin DeYoung come in this year and they had a panel. Um, and I, I watched the panel and they start talking about complementarianism. Well, Joe Rigney is sitting right there. Joe Rigney is now over at Moscow, uh, at new St. Andrews. That's Doug Wilson's school where he was John Piper's successor at Bethlehem college and seminary. He transitioned over there. And so it's, you know, they're having this conversation and they keep on going to, well, it has to mean something. Our genders have to mean something. And, uh, because of that, logically, you know, it's, it's not good enough to, to just say, well, men have like this soft complementarianism that, you know, I guess these patriarchy guys are accusing Owen Strand of holding where it's, you know, men, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're leaders in the home and they're leaders in the church, but they're not leaders in the world or, uh, that they don't have, uh, authority over women as a whole. Like men don't have authority over women in the world. Uh, that's what they would view as a soft complementarianism. And I watched as Kevin DeYoung and Joe Rigney tried to like, be like, well, you know, that's not good enough. Like that's not, that's, that's kind of illogical. There's, there's no ending there. It has to mean something. And if you're going to, you know, just come out and say, well, the Bible says it, then eventually you're just going to say, uh, like you're going to give into the culture. Well, again, I'm here to say like that, that's not what we do with anything else in scripture. Like anyone who holds to, uh, a six day literal, uh, view of creation uh, like the culture has been saying, like, that's wrong for a long time. Has that changed their view? Now, maybe some people, of course, you know, some people have, maybe they get convinced of something and they think this is their position now. And again, I've talked about that. That's an open-handed issue. I believe as long as you believe in a literal Adam and Eve. Um, but, um, you know, like that, 
We don't do that with other things and say, well, okay, because you don't take it as far as this other group, like for Owen Strand, you don't take it as far as the patriarchy guys that, well, you're just going to give into that. No, but that's what these patriarchy guys are doing to Owen Strand. And they're doing it obviously uh, to those of us who would be to the left of Owen Strand, like myself. Uh, but let's, let's keep on going over here. Uh, I see that what the has chat become going. so attractive and uh, we'll, we'll dive into some of the stuff that you guys have to say here in just a little bit here. Uh, let's go right back over here. Okay. Lots of buttons. What has become so attractive about the patriarchal view? Is it we're sick of soft men? I mean, are we tired of a passive government? Is it all of the above? And I would speak to this issue and I come to this issue as a very aggressive, now godly, now saved. But I, the Lord has sanctified me in various ways. We all have certain things as men that he has to temper. Um, I don't, I wouldn't be more on the passive side. I would be more aggressive. I like manly things. I like sports that hit. I like to, even now, I would enjoy putting out some mats and doing jujitsu. I've rolled with my guys before in our Bible studies and we, our wives just laugh as we're kind of crazy in that way. And I love hockey. And at the same time, what makes those things manly? There are so many women who love football. There are so many women who do like martial arts. Like I, these, this is the thing. They always go like, oh, this I'm, I am for manliness, and manliness looks like all the things that I like. It's like, okay. But like again, this is outside of Scripture. This is all just subjective stuff. You're not giving any proof of like this is what manliness looks like. But we'll move on. You know, for me, I'm, I'm still drawn to the meekness of Christ and these, I need self-control and I need to be tempered. I need strength under control because otherwise we nuke everything. The, what you've often referred to with me behind closed doors, scorched earth. We have to use wisdom and be tempered. What is it overall that has caused this resurgence of, you know, we're, we're into fitness, deadlifting, squatting, men are getting healthy. These are good things. Uh, there's a resurgence in hunting, in homesteading, and in growing beards, and in being loud and strong. I know a lot of wussy, wussy men who have beards, okay? And look through history. Look through history <laughs> and see some of the biggest cowards that are ex that have existed in history had beards. Masculine men in these ways. What's drawing that? And then maybe let's segue into what are some of the ditches to be careful of for all of us as men? I love these questions. Great questions. And when the war on men releases, hopefully we can dig a little bit more into manhood, should you so desire. We'll do um, it again. Yeah. So so I'm only going to give you 13% here. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. Do it. Um, what I would say is we're in a day, Costi, not just on this issue where um, there's a lot of reaction to our culture. And a good bit of that reaction uh, is at the very least understandable in human terms. Mm. Um, this is a huge topic, uh, but we're seeing a reaction to softness in among, among professing Christians in the area of biblical manhood, biblical womanhood, government, eschatology, public square engagement. 
And I am not enfranchising all such responses to softness by any stretch. But it is true that in the culture, uh, there has been a war on men. And it is true that in the church, um, there are a good number of churches that have gone quiet about major issues. And that go. is even true of some in the Reformed world who used to speak up on hard issues and used to step up to the front line and define things. And, and, and yes, we don't only want to speak negatively, um, but they were willing to say that is not right, even as they were probably more invested in, as we should be, in holding out what is good, beautiful, and true uh, from yeah. God and his word. But because we're in a leadership crisis, I would say, even in the Reformed world, that has created a vacuum in a number of areas. And this is tragic to say, but a number of the fathers, so to speak, uh, of the older generation just aren't speaking as much as they used to. What that has meant is that there is now a very vocal, young, upstart group that is fed up and frustrated with the old ways and that is being very vocal and bold and uh, uncompromising in what they stand for. And again, we put a lot on the table here, but there's some of that response that I very much understand and even affirm. Mm -hmm. But then as we're talking about numerous categories of theology in the Christian life, there's some of that response that I can't affirm and I think we've got to be very careful about. Two, three, four years ago, a lot of the challenges that I'm currently facing, or I faced then, I should say, seemed like they were coming from the left. Now, uh, fast forward to 2023, it seems like a fair number of the challenges I'm having to deal with that I didn't even foresee are from the right. So we've got our work cut out for us. I can say more, but I'll, I'll pass it back to you. No, that's so helpful. I think that's where probably a, a man like you is going to take some hits in the years ahead. I'm, I'm sure I will and, and would hope that at some level we all as pastors take some hits. That means that we're in it because mm -hmm. it's all good and well to go after the left and the far left and even the near left. Everyone goes, oh, yeah, amen. And, and we're together in this. And then there's been a right and good amount of that. I think now the course correct after the last three years now fades is well, hold on, you know, pull, pull the reins a bit and let's, let's not over swing as well on that. Uh, then they, then they start getting into another topic, but oh my goodness, <clears throat> I'm waiting for my apology, <laughs> not to make it all about me, although I do love to do that. Um, so you're saying like, oh, you know, it's, it's all good and dandy when we go after the left and uh, people love us and they they cheer us on but we're so tired of getting attacked for the right when we're just saying we're different i know a little something about that <laughs> but, okay all right enough of that uh all right let's let's deal with what owen was saying toward the end toward the end he's he's basically saying that we're we're getting attacked you know we're getting attacked and that things have drifted further right as i've been talking about as you guys have been seeing like that's what this whole thing this whole show is really about is are you seeing what i'm seeing in evangelicalism this drift that's not 
toward liberalism like everyone said that we're going to go that way. Although I'm not saying that there isn't one, you know, but the, the main one that we see in evangelicalism, I mean, it's pretty much on the right. <laughs> it's, it's this drift toward the right and extremism. And that, that extremism is just getting more and more and more, <laughs> you know, just uh, prevalent and popular. And they're, they're trying to say like, we don't, we don't necessarily agree, you know, which is so funny. I will say it is completely ironic that, that these guys are here talking about manliness and being courageous and standing firm. But every time they come to a point where they're going to give specifics about what they disagree with the patriarchy guys, they don't, you know, you want to talk about being strong and not being soft and they don't want to flesh those things out, you know, don't want to, don't want to actually like actually say what that means. But, you know, they're talking about, oh, you got to be strong. And then they're like, uh, you know, I can, I can agree with them in several things and then disagree with them in several things. Or right, this was a half hour conversation. I watched the whole thing and they just said they got it wrong on head coverings, basically, and women teaching. And then they're like, oh, but there's a lot, there's things that we could say, but we're not going to say what those things are. I thought this was about being courageous. I thought this was what manhood was about, of being bold and saying, here's where I disagree with these guys. And yet they just refuse to do that. Uh, now, I'm not saying like I don't like anything that these guys had to say or anything like that. I thought that there was actually some pretty good stuff in this conversation, but I just found it completely ironic. That, you know, whenever they got to that point, and you heard Owen say it a couple times, you know, like there are things that I think that they go too far on and I could, you know, we could talk about that and then they just never do. I don't know if that's just like a podcasting error of, you know, figuring out how to be a host on a podcast and being able to lead the conversation and go where the conversation is going and you just have questions. So you get back to the question, but I just found it like, so, so honestly, just kind of funny that they just always got to that point and they're like, yeah, we're really going to say what we disagree with them about. And then they just never do. Um, I found that to be a little soft also on that idea of manhood. And you know, that means certain things again, this is not like they don't have any scripture that what they do, the, the places that they run to are battle passages, uh, where someone says like, all right, you need to go to war. And they're like, that's what manhood is like, you know, like put on your armor and go. It's like, oh, that's war. Like, of course, you're going to put on your armor. You want to go get shot by an arrow? Like what? Yeah. Put on your armor. That's not what manhood looks like. And then they'll go to like uh, the phrase that Paul made up of quit ye like men. And it's like, act like a man. But again, we don't even know what that means. (laughs) All right. Like, like he made up his own phrase, basically saying, be a man. And uh, we, we like, we don't get, all right, that means wrestling around with other men. Um, that means going hunting. That means, you know, we don't, we don't have anything like that. So it's just, it's always interesting to me to hear theologians who are trained, uh, who have more degrees than me. You know, sometimes we talk about some of these guys that don't have as many degrees as me. Uh, but this time we're talking about people who do and they're very smart and they're just no Bible. No, like this is directly where it is. This is how we know this is the line. It's none of that. It's always subjective stuff when this, I, idea of manhood and womanhood come up and what does that actually look like 
It's all subjective. Now, I do think that the most interesting part of this whole conversation, I think, is the the idea of where are the fathers at? Where are the theological fathers of this reform movement? And I know for sure he's thinking of John Piper. He's thinking, you know, before Tim Keller passed of Tim Keller. He's thinking of D.A. Carson. He's talking about the Gospel Coalition guys. He's talking about Mark Dever. He's talking about all these huge names, John MacArthur even a little bit, and saying, like, where are these guys on this issue? Why aren't they talking? And he says that there is a vacuum. There's a vacuum uh, that has been left because of these, these big wigs, because of the big dogs. They're not barking that much anymore. Or maybe they've moved on. Maybe they've retired from ministry. You know, who knows what's going on, you know. But uh, they're, they're just not speaking anymore. And so now we have these smaller dogs who are all fighting for this, this position. Now, I get where he's coming from, but I think it's actually very different. Now, on the stream on Friday, uh, I got into it a little bit of what I think. Uh, about what's happening in evangelicalism and and that vacuum because Joel Webin, you know, he was basically saying that he was saying that these guys like Andy uh, Andy or Andrew Woodard, I don't I don't know, I'm never like never even looked up his tweets, um, but yeah, you know, he he decided to put out that video and um, a guy I do see on Twitter every so often, um, Jolly, forget his first name, Nick, maybe Nick Jolly, I don't know, this sounds wrong. Um, but he, he like was going at those guys cause they were, you know, coming for his position. Uh, they're, 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 they want the turf and that whole turf war thing we talked about on Friday. Uh, but instead of rehashing it, my voice hurts. Uh, I decided I'll just show you. So we're going to have the turf war thing is so super sorry. weird to bring up. I double apologize. And, uh, unless you think that you have a position on that turf, let me make it abundantly clear. None of these guys should have any turf. Like, uh, it's not cancel culture. It's just, all right, here's, all right. How deep do I want to go with this? There is no turf. All right. The turf that they thought was turf, that wasn't land. That was a bunch of ships that got together for a little while. And then all those ships decided to undock and they all went their separate ways. Some of those ships got into smaller boats and started going even further. There is no turf. <laughs> like these guys who think that they're the heirs. They're the heirs to the thrones of R.C. Sproul and John MacArthur and John Piper. No, you're not. Those were, those were ministries that existed and continue to exist and will continue to exist in different forms. But that's those days are gone. Like those days died with T4G and I'm not, a, I don't like saying it, but these guys think like, Oh, I'll be able to have a big following. We're all fighting for those spots now. No, you won't. Not in the same way. Um, but it's just weird to me. But so I, I believe that I, I think what Owen strand is saying, like, Oh, there's a vacuum and these guys are coming to fill that in. I don't think it's going to be filled. All right. I think that we are fracturing as evangelicalism, that extremism on both sides. But right now, it seems more prominent right now on the right side that it is fracturing evangelicalism to a point where people aren't going to be able to cooperate together. 
And so instead of having these big events with these big platforms and these huge websites that everybody goes to, we're going to see the the fracturing happen where it goes into this camp and that camp. And like I said, basically like the boats thing, where all these boats are getting uh, like they it seemed like it was together. It seemed like it was like a little bit of an island that we could all be on. And then those ministries started going away, you know, uh, and look around, look around. All right. Uh, look at the successors that these guys picked. Like one, you probably don't even know the successor to RC Sproul, right? So let's, let's get that one out of the way. Like Stephen Nicola, I think is probably who you would say, but like th- there's, there's a few guys and there doesn't seem to be anyone coming out from Ligonier. That's like a really compelling, popular voice. So that's kind of faded as far as like influence. I'm not saying as far as like being able to do ministry, I'm talking about influencing other aspects of evangelicalism, like we saw R.C. Sproul do. Uh, But look at John Piper. Both, both of his successors didn't pan out. Um, And I'm not, this isn't mean. I'm not, I'm just saying this is factual. This is what happened. Uh, The guy who he picked to be the pastor at his church, he's not there. He was out after what, three years? Um, Joe Rigney, He's not even a Baptist anymore. And so he's over at Moscow with Doug Wilson, where actually he got his degree from. So people people probably should have seen that one coming. Um, but John MacArthur, we don't know, you know, who's going to take over from him. There's not like an heir apparent there. Uh, like you look all over the map of where we thought like all these big leaders and these big important voices were like they didn't they don't have successors. And so those things are going to begin to fade as these guys begin to pass away, uh, as they retire, you know, as they don't speak that often very more, even D.A. Carson. Where's D.A. Carson? Where is he at? Like, I haven't heard about D.A. Carson in years, you know, and he was so popular with uh, and so influential with the Gospel Coalition. He's gone. You know, like, uh, it's just like those things are happening. So I don't think that we're going to have. All right. Well, it's going to be, you know. Dale Parchers is going to be the leader over here and Joel Webbin over there and there's the big ships and we're all coming together and those people are having the influence. It's not like that anymore. Uh, so like the turf war, the the vacuum, I don't, I don't see that as being as big a thing as these guys think it is. I think that's, I don't know if it's just them wanting to believe that so they can, you know, have some of that influence and maybe be able to be a part of that. Maybe not like necessarily be the voice, but be a part of that voice. It's just not going to be that way anymore because of the extremism. Because the thing about extremism is, is that you have to be as extreme as me. And if you're not, you're a compromiser. You're worldly. You're not as spiritual as me. You're wrong. It's not just that we have a difference of opinion. The thing about extremism is that there can't be any difference of opinion. You have to be exactly like me, a photocopy of me. And if you're not, we're going to have problems. And that's what's happening in evangelicalism right now, is that we see our, the, the patriarchy guys are saying, even to people like Owen Strand, uh, who are not soft complementarians, okay? I don't care what anybody says. It's just not true. Uh, but they look at those guys and say, they're compromising. They're weak on this. They aren't exactly like me. That's that's what an extremist says. That's what a fundamentalist says. Uh, so that's, that's why I think that it's the 
exact same thing. All right, uh, let's hop into the chat and see what you guys think about all this, though. You know, I get my opinions on the show, but, you know, who cares about that? It doesn't matter. I'm here for doing. You guys want another Ken Ham bit? No. All right, Heidi said, uh, oh, there's soft comp uh, coming through. Owen now acknowledges that women have a strength that men don't have. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I think he would have said that before to to be fair to him but it is kind of funny to for him to put it that way when again if you've been around for like a decade all this is kind of funny like to see like how things have transpired it's just like where people are at and how they have to defend themselves it is kind of shocking in a way uh tax collector says there are elements of both complementarianism and egalitarianism that have truth to them but it seems that the loudest voices are the extremists and that's always the way it is it is up to the normal people, the people who have a more moderate view, to speak up and also to call out. Call out the extremists for what they are, extremists. Call out the patriarchy guys for making up rules and uh, putting burdens on their women. Like, we got, we got to do that. Because otherwise, the world looks at the patriarchy guys, and because they're so dang loud, they're going to be like, oh, Christians are like that. You know, we've seen that. All right, I don't want to I don't want to go too far into this, but we have seen religions around the world um being known for the very worst, very small minority uh, of their believers doing incredibly awful things. Right? We've seen that. You know what I'm talking about. Like we don't want that to happen with evangelicalism, okay? And like in some places around the world it's already happened with Christianity because of the Roman Catholic church. I know people don't like it when I talk about the Roman Catholic church, but you just look at the greatest oppressors throughout history. Longest standing those cathedrals, how much did it cost the poor? All right. Anyways. Um, but yeah, uh, Mike, uh, I missed the party, but Owen and Costi are definitely not metal, uh, when it comes to applying scripture. No, no, they're not. And Mike says, isn't Owen homies with Vody? What does his anti-patriarchy stance affect that relationship? Yeah, it's, it's, it's odd. It's odd. Uh, now Aaron has an interesting thing. Hey, Aaron, glad to see you, man. Hope, hope that smoke was getting your way. If you know what I mean? Uh, um, I'm not sure most of those dudes are friends at all. There seems to be a lot of factional, uh, friendships. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, but they turned on one another easily. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there are definitely partnerships. Um, again, I don't have that much influence. I never have, but there was a point in time when I was looking to try to write a book for a publisher and, um, I, I got a little peek, you know, of like some, some people saying, Hey, if you want to do it this way, you got to make partnerships here and here and here. You got to get to know that guy, that guy, that guy. And it's not anyone that I wanted to actually get to know. <laughs> like not anybody, but it's, it's that thing. It's networking. And uh, a lot of these guys who are on the the stages and get to go to the conferences and write the books. I'm not talking about the self-published books on head coverings. I'm talking about like the legit books from like Crossway and um, I don't know, Tyndale and like Baker and, you know, like those, the big guys, um, they got to do networking just like any other job to be able to continue to have that kind of influence. 
And so I do think that there's there's truth to that. Now, Vody and Owen, I'm I'm fairly confident are friends. They seem to have been friends at least. But uh, as a general rule, yeah, there, there's a lot of people that uh, they know of each other, they're acquaintances, uh, but they don't actually hang out even when they speak at conferences together. It's not like they're going out to supper together. There's a lot of networking and, you know, being a good Christian, being polite, and sometimes that comes across as we're buddy buddies. Uh, but uh, always be careful, though, with about the partnership stuff. Um, but Caleb says, my concern watching all this is seeing how it seems to be happening in relatively short time. In 10 years, what will the evangelical landscape and increasingly narrow circles of association be? Well, boy, isn't that the question, right? I think you're totally right on there. This is a scary thing that's happening in evangelicalism. It's shrinking. It's shrinking and everybody's, you know, headed to Timbuktu. Like, again, like the boats and like the ships all started moving away and then the ships started unloading onto smaller boats and those boats are going into the horizon spreading out like there's there's not a togetherness there just isn't now i don't know because again i was i was in the young restless reform movement i was reading blogging theologically i was you know i i was listening to mark Driscoll's sermons i was paying attention to everything going on with the gospel coalition in 2006 2007 you know like I, I was a part of that. So I was caught up in it now. So I don't have the, uh, the objectivity to be able to look at that movement and be like, Oh, it was never actually that way. Uh, so I don't know if we actually were together for the gospel or if we were together for figures that we liked, but I think that it's clear that we're not together for the gospel anymore. Uh, I think that's, that's pretty evident right now. We're together for the extreme positions that we hold or we're together in that we're against some of these extreme positions. Like that's also happening. Um, but yeah, it's, it's in 10 years, I don't know what it's going to look like. And that's scary as heck. Uh, who's going to have the most influence. That's why we're, we're that's why we're here. Just looking at some of these guys and being like, not that guy. <laughs> like, like, no, not that. Like, like who, who are going to be the popular figures? Please let not be that guy. Like uh, that guy, maybe. Okay. You want to follow that guy? Fine. I'm not going to follow him, but if you want to follow him, fine. But just don't, don't give me that guy. Who was I pointing at? Let me know in the chat. Um, Sean says exactly this type of talk. Here's what real manliness is, is crap. Yeah. It's all just guessing. It's guessing at what I think of manliness and it tells more about what, who you are and your, you know, prerogatives than really what is actually real. But yeah. Uh, R.A. Miller says, real men like contact sports. I need to take some notes. Of course. Well, you didn't know that? <laughs> Your beard isn't even full. <laughs> what are you, Tony Stark? All right, I'm not going to roast anybody. Uh, and uh, Slightly Reform says, I would want to hear these guys' thoughts on outcasts like me, people on the spectrum. We don't enjoy the normal masculine stuff. Are we not lesser men? or God forbid, lesser humans, right? When you start saying that everyone has to be like this, this thing that I've made up, that, that, that thing that appeals to me, and you say, this is the standard, you know, when other people don't, like for, for people on the spectrum, they'd be like, well, that's different because, and they don't have any reason to say that, but they just say that so they don't look like a jerk. Uh, so I'm sure if you were to talk to Owen Strand and be like, well, well, I'm on the spectrum. I'm, I'm, you know, I have a son on the spectrum. I understand. 
like, um, you know, things are going to be a little bit different for me. He would be like, of course, of course, of course. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like, yeah, it is what you're saying. You're saying that manliness looks like this and it's lived out like this. And it's there's there's actions attached to what it looks like to be a man. And when you start doing that where scripture doesn't do that, like that's where you get wrong. Now, there are certain things about being a man, but it's not anything that they mentioned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'd be fine with looking like Tony Stark. Hey, you know, billionaire, playboy, th- philanthropist, you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, yes. And he is, yes. He, eternal subordination of the sun. Uh, Owen is. Yeah. There actually are quite a few. Uh, yes, Sam. Aaron's right on that. Um, let's see. We're going to get into a couple more segments. Um, (laughs) it's true. It's true. Yeah. Dean is never going to catch up with this chat. I appreciate that. He tries though. It's, I try to star things as we're watching, but I, I, it's hard. It's hard. And I love it guys. I remember the early days. Okay. When no one would watch when it was me and like two other dudes, who were all doing each other favors by watching each other's videos, you know, like not that it was agreed upon. It's just what happened. Um, but you know, so I'm very thankful to not be able to catch up on the chat (laughs) that we actually have people hanging out. Um, I agree. I agree. Ashley extremism equals legalism. Agreed. Uh, let's see. Pam says, yeah, I think a lot of those big names have lost more respect than they realize. They don't understand their influence is waning. Yeah, it's the thing. Uh, when when you gain, like, <laughs> it's that typical thing. What you win them with, you win them too, right? Like, you gotta, you gotta, you're gonna keep on being extreme. That's what people were drawn to. Well, when you chill out, as you should, you should chill out. But when you do, they're gonna find the next extreme guy. They're not gonna be like, oh, well, maybe I should chill out too, or at least not right off the bat. They're gonna go after the extreme guy first. And then maybe they'll be like, okay, that was a little too extreme. And then they'll back off and maybe come back around uh, following after you. But uh, there was something. Yeah, Lonnie's had something. Many forget that self-control is part of the fruit of the Spirit. We as men are to embody all of the fruit of the Spirit in all aspects of our life, work, family, and ministry. Agreed. 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 Uh, and not just, you know, it looks like me being able to arm wrestle you. Which, by the way, I, I could probably arm wrestle both those guys. I'm pretty strong. All right, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> but, you know, we have different ideas about a lot of things. All right, uh, let's let's go into some of the segments. Let's get into the penalty. You want to see a penalty? I'll show you a real penalty. Get out of my face, man. Okay, 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 okay. Let's get some things organized here. Okay. Hey, uh, there are 60 people watching, and we only have 13 likes. You guys hate me. <laughs> I know some of you do, so don't answer that. Don't be like, yeah, it wasn't me. I, I'm not a fan. Um, but if you could hit the like button, I would definitely appreciate it. It's the biggest way, the easiest way for you guys to help out the channel is hitting that dang like button. Super important. And as I say it, people leave always, always, every time. Every time I bring it up. Okay, fine. Let's get into the penalty box. Two-minute minor trip. We got a minor one here. All right, so this is for the video. Um, dislike as soon as I say it. You jerk. <laughs> MacArthur Center podcast announces John MacArthur's uh, successor. Uh, so this is what they, they have to say there. Uh, why do you have a human skull? 
or replica on the shelf in the background. Are you fascinated with death? Boy, am I. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) All right. You know, like, I always have fun with that. Like, I have skulls. Um, I have skulls, you know, as you can see here. Here's a skull. I need to get the light to work a little bit differently so it doesn't reflect off of that. There's a skull. I like skulls. I think they're pretty cool. Um, And I always have a lot of fun when people are like, you know, saying like, oh, there's a skull in there. And it's basically there to ward off all the fundies. Uh, But this is maybe the most extreme one I've seen of this. (laughs) Like, because here, you might have missed it. Why do you have a human skull or replica? So... (laughs) (laughs) so let me be clear (laughs) um that's not real back there okay (laughs) anyone was like (laughs) the he has real skulls (laughs) his wife isn't on the streams anymore his wife hasn't been on a chill stream in a long time (laughs) what what happened to her (laughs) like those are fake (laughs) <laughs> one is a light up sign <laughs> and one is made of porcelain okay it's not real i promise but also if it was what i tell you all right welcome to the penalty box uh next up there's the whistle there's no excuse there he knows that whistle's been blown all right little ears little ears watch out i'm gonna say it uh, mark driscoll has not changed this again Apparently, it is not okay for me to have issues with a pastor who goes on to Twitter and someone comes at them and says, you've hurt me. And they put a gif of someone of Shaq dunking and pushing them that I think that's showing that this guy hasn't changed. Apparently, that's not okay for me to to say like someone being like, you hurt me and, you know, my faith. And then for him to make fun of them uh, so callously. You know, and just get over it. Come on, bro. Mark is cool. Little ears get out of the way. Cool as hell. Uh, One, let me get real fundy for a second. Hell is not cool. (laughs) Like, what is this? Like, but also this just kind of shows like these are the kind of people that go after Mark Driscoll these days. They just want someone who speaks different than John MacArthur, you know, someone who, you know, doesn't wear a suit, um, who says the same kind of craziness. Okay. Uh, he's hanging out with all like the demon slayers now. Like somebody sent that to me, showed me that in the chat. And I was like, what? Uh, but he's hanging out with all the demon slayers now. And, uh, come on. Not cool. Not cool. Not cool. You are in the penalty box. Next up. Following play is under review for a major or match penalty. Let me let me take another drink because this is a freaking long one. <sighs> All right. Uh, so this is on the Pastor James McDonald's attack of 59-year-old woman. Remember that? Remember how he sent a 59-year-old woman into the hospital? Well, he's still being defended. <laughs> Uh, so Naomi painter says, uh, are we not all sinners in some way? (laughs) Great, great start. My voice is like shot. Great start. I'll just sum it up. You could read it there. Basically we're all sinners. So you got to forgive him. 
Um, cool. He hasn't repented. <laughs> well, if he repented, maybe we could talk about something. Um, uh, but also there are some things that just disqualify you from ministry forever. Now, I believe that those things are long past in the review mirror for James McDonald. But if we can't agree that sending a 59 year old woman into the hospital is disqualifying, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. You know what? Maybe the fundies can figure it out for us. Uh, let's, what? Why isn't in here? Dagnabbit. Who slightly reformed, broke into my stream deck, and he changed it all up. Dagnabbit. Uh, let's go. Let's go to Fundy Town. And bring it on down to Fundy. Okay. And the iPad isn't up. Oh, boy. Let's do this. <laughs> At least my microphone works. At least I got that going for me. Let's see. Where is it? There's an iPhone. There's an iPad. Is it going to work? Hey, hey. -o. All right. Uh, let's, let's see, you know, some like this is probably a great sermon. Let's, you know, sometimes we, we talk about a lot of these negative things and I think sometimes we just need to listen to like a really good sermon. So here we go. Sorry, but it's changed. My, has it changed? Brother Wesso, you've seen it. It's changed over the years. You know, now guys, they get up and they, they're dressed in an entire, like it's a nightclub. I mean, everything is a performance in church as far as, you know, the music and, and they get up and it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're waving and, 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 and that's not the way it's supposed to be. You ought to be able to come to church and hear good old fashioned, old, old, good, 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 good old fashioned preaching. Somebody said, well, the reason I like Parkside is it's the way churches used to be. Man, what a shame. The way churches used to be. Yeah. So what are you doing in training some of these young men that's coming to Bible college? Here's what we're doing. We're training them to be pastors the way churches used to be. Amen. Amen. We don't want them to go out. And don't get mad at me tonight, but uh, hmm, it's my turn to preach. And so, but, uh, you know, these guys that graduate and they sit on bar stools and, oh, you know, and, and, and they're, they, that, that's disgusting. Can I tell you, listen, there needs to be role models. There needs to be somebody that gets up and cries aloud and spares not and preaches the word of God. That's what's going to change a nation. That's what's going to change society. That's what's going to change you. You. <laughs> oh man, these guys, they can't get away from the three. <laughs> like, they can't just make like a one strong point it's always that's what's gonna do this that's what's gonna do that and that's what's gonna do this and so, okay we all know where he's going <laughs> aaron's right <clears throat> and is he <laughs> using preacher voice i'm pretty sure that's a performance yeah the <laughs> and grabbing like your sports coat like <clears throat> that's isn't that an action? Also, you want to talk about people going up on stage and performing and like, oh, they're doing this. Bro, you just did it. <laughs> like, you, you just did it. <laughs> like, and the, <gasps> he doesn't have any like, you know, speech impediment. That's, that's, that's a preacher voice thing, which I still think of all the preacher voice things, 
as I spit like a preacher, <laughs> but all the preacher voice things that, you know, like are out there and they, they do all this like weight, way weird stuff. Sometimes even, you know, racially insensitive stuff. Yeah, I said it. Um, but they, they start like doing like these fake voices. This is the one that always gets me. Like, why is this something that like, Oh, we're getting fired up now. Guys pretending to have a speech impediment. Oh, you know, he's speaking truth now. Like, I'll never understand that. But it's not just him. This is like a whole thing. This is a subculture within fundamentalism. It's just I don't understand. Was it someone who actually had a speech impediment and he was like a really good preacher? And so people just started copying him. I have no idea. But that whole <laughs> old, old, old fashioned, like, what? what is that? That is a performance. That is a performance. It's just a really, really bad one. <laughs> like... There are performances that you go like, that's a performance, but it's also kind of a good performance. And then there's performances and you're just like, that ain't it, bro. That ain't it. Um, <laughs> Nathan says, trying to imagine Jesus using preacher voice. Well, we all know he sounded like Jim Caviezel, right? Minus the QAnon stuff. All right. Um, we're not getting into the sound of freedom. <laughs> okay. Oh, hot topics. That was one I thought about, but I was like, not even, not even I will talk about that one. <laughs> uh, but that's the show today, guys. Before my voice gets out, uh, if you want to help out the channel, go. It might be in the description. might not be when you're watching this, but go to last week at the very least. There's a link to my PayPal if you want to help improve the channel. Some of you guys have given. Thank you to everyone who's given. Um, if you don't want to, you don't have to. Really just trying to save up to try to get a new camera and maybe give us two options and be able to do some fun stuff that way um, and, and some other stuff. So if you want to do that, there's that. Hit the like button. That's the best way you can help the channel. 66 people who are watching. The number of Satan, by the way. <laughs> One digit off. Uh, and we got 34 likes. I'll play that Ken Ham video. I'm just saying. It's going to be my threat now, I guess. I thought it was funny. Anyways, uh, you know, if you're new to the channel, think about subscribing. And I will see you in the next one.